And I think with teenagers, that consistency piece of just keep showing up, even when there is resistance, because I think that's one of the hardest things to learn is parenting a teenager. And people want to give up because it gets hard. And if you stick with it, like everything else, they come to look forward to it as their quality time. And I think for me, that's been one of the biggest lessons. That's where coaching has helped the accountability of keep showing up and, and being open for the new, like just sticking with it when it's hard. In the whirlwind of parenting teenagers and juggling our own responsibilities, it's easy to lose sight of intentional parenting, especially when teens push back. While I support teens and their parents in my Launch Career Clarity course, we often talk about strategies for doing intentional parenting. Today, I welcome Keely Ng to the podcast. She's a mom of two teenagers and doing a fantastic job at intentional parenting, not only with our launch course, but in many other ways as well. I've invited her into a conversation to inspire other parents who are also striving to be intentional during these crucial years when their teen is still under their roof. I'm Lisa Marker Robbins, and I want to welcome you to College and Career Clarity, a Flourish Coaching production. Let's dive right in to a great conversation. Keely, welcome. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Oh, absolutely. You know what? We we have a lot of like experts and, you know, authors and professional counselors. And I think that it could almost be more important to have someone like you on who is just a mom in the trenches. And I'm just going to say as somebody who has supported parents and teens for over 30 years, and I think we currently have 453 active students in our launch course, you stand out as doing a great job and I also know you're not doing a perfect job. No, I am not. I am doing a good enough job, and I, it's okay, and always getting better every day. You're doing more than good enough. I'm, yes. I'm gonna, we're going to leave it at that. Yes. We're going to leave yes. it at that. Okay, so you are one who really believes in the value of coaches. I know that about you. As For you, an adult, I mean... We see parents hiring all kinds of coaches for their kids, right? I mean, swimming and soccer and test prep and all the things. You lean into coaches in your own life, which, well, let's just talk about that. Like, what kind of coaches do you lean into? Why do you do get coaching for yourself, you know, in your 40s? So I first started with coaching when my now 10th grader was uh, 13. And I did it because I was, I'd read every book, but I was lacking practical applications and help from a, actually like an objective third party to help me parent him in a way that improved our relationship and didn't take away from our relationship. And our, so I hired a family coach who came in and really helped me create systems and pre- things that were missing. He helped me see the, the the holes. And so the beginning for me of coaching was seeing, was looking for external people that could really help me build skills and and ways to become a better parent or better at other things in my life. So I hired a family coach, which opened my eyes to how much better I could get at that with some coaching 
um, and a lot of humility. And then um, I subsequently uh, found myself also a cognitive nutrition coach because I'm passionate about my health and fitness. And same reasons, I just looked to how could I um, find a really uh, everyday way to improve my day-to-day life that was not um, some nutty fad diet or anything like that. And it the coaching for me gives me objective third-party tools and cheerleaders in my corner that help me get better and then also celebrate when I'm getting better and help me with find tools when I need improvement. So it's been awesome. Like I and I have an executive coach as well. Um I like coaches. I I'm not ashamed to say that. They help me be the best version of myself and I couldn't, I, I I don't know what I would do without them all now. I've stopped reading parenting books and I just hire coaches. <laughs> I love that. So as a coach and, yes. and you yes. welcoming me into your family's journey on the college major and career coaching piece, I was just like, I love to hear when people are getting wins with any kind of coaching, not just my, like any kind of coaching, the value of of that in their lives. Now, I, I want to go back to your family coach's name is James. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you had shared previously that when you guys started working with James, you were having some family meetings or... Yes. Okay. So that was like well before your oldest was in high school and you even needed to start thinking about this. I tried. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if everybody remembers there was a Wall Street Journal article written about family meetings a long time ago. And I read it, bought the book, read the book, and I tried relentlessly to have family meetings of all kinds from the time I think that Brady was eight. My oldest was eight. And they were great, but it was fits and starts. It was hard to maintain a rhythm. I mean, I think what I loved about them is that they just opened up really safe communication in our family about what was working and what wasn't. So we would kind of talk through things. But as Brady's got, as my both my kids have gotten older, I've need, we've needed better tactics, I guess, and accountability because it's hard to do them and it's hard to stick with them with everything else going on in life. And the family coach helped us put more of those systems and processes in place in a way that made more sense for my family because he could see the dynamic. It was like he could see it every day as opposed to me trying to implement like a theory. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Um, Yeah. So family meetings are great. They're hard to do. What makes them hard? Is it how busy life is? Yeah. Okay. And just like everybody. Yeah, it's and just, yes, how busy life is. I think at the baseline, that's what gets in the way and um, keeping them fun and not letting them devolve into conflict because I want them to be a place of safety and fun. And that's hard to do sometimes, especially as they're getting older and more combative. Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that, and I know, I mean, you already know this, but sharing with our listeners, I always coach families that like parents need to put a muzzle on Monday through Thursday on all of the things. I mean, when I'm teaching and I'm saying like, don't talk about what colleges we want to visit or your next ACT test or what college major are you thinking about currently Monday through Thursday when your kids in school, they've got so many demands on them. Um, I mean, you know, we as adults feel in our body when we're super busy. And so my first piece of advice is, you know, put a muzzle on it Monday through Thursday, but then also carve out intentional space 
on the weekend. Some of my families actually say Thursday night works really well for that. Um, I don't know why. I mean, maybe it just maybe it's just their particular family. But what you were saying about like how do you keep it fun? There is a mom in our um, in our group who this was sometime last year in the launch course, and she said they when they started doing their work and having a family college bound meeting, which is the framework that I teach every single week. Yeah. they made it Pancake Saturday. So they actually, she made a bunch of pancakes. They sat around the kitchen table. They got out the laptop. And that was something that made it fun. Have you yeah, helping to look forward to? I tried everything from like, there's a dessert picker to like having everybody have different roles, having a note taker. I've tried all kinds of things. And but I feel like what we've arrived on is now with teenagers is unfortunately making it contingent upon some things they want to do so um and making it non-negotiable but making it fun so maybe for the first 10 weeks we're going to try all the different pizza places in our area and every week that one person gets to choose the place and choose the pizza like we're just i'm trying to but it's not easy it's just it's it's a challenge um but i think that's actually when you bring up what how you coach families on that college bound conversation, that's a piece of coaching that's really benefited me because that's the value of the external, the person that um, the external objective third party that says, wait, it doesn't have to be perfect, but let's save it all for this one conversation so that it, it helps to reduce the friction between my son and me that I would not have known if it hadn't been for the coaching, for that conversation that we've had in the process. It's just... It's those are the the tidbits that coaches give you that you miss in every other form of conversation. Well, um, it's, I mean, I I'm learning too as I do this with you all. You know, we we've had nearly four thousand families go through this framework that I teach at this point, and I it's so funny with every year I learn something new. Right, so I just was always saying like, hey, ha, you know, put it on a weekend. Make it a safe time. Make it a commitment. It's a weekly commitment. The feedback I get is at first they resist. And then we start really like we make it as fun as we can. And we, you know, we keep going along and they they come along with us. and They start to get more involved like the pancake mom. We're just going to call her that because I don't know that I have her permission to share her name or story on here. But the pancake mom said, after so many weeks, we found that we were sitting at the table much longer than the hour we had committed to because we were having fun and getting things done. And I had another mom reach out to me recently and say, you know, you taught me how to put a sock in it in herself and not talk about things. But then she added a new rule on top of it. This is why I like everybody sharing their stories because we all learn from each other. And I'm thinking like, oh, man, I wish now I wish my kids were still in high school and I could go back and employ some of the things I'm learning from great parents around me. But she said, um, you know, she puts the sock in it, but they added another rule that but if he wanted to talk about it, he could initiate. And she goes, over time, he started initiating conversations. That's awesome. And I think with teenagers, that consistency piece of just keep showing up, even when there is resistance because I think that's one of the hardest things to learn is parenting a teenager. And people want to give up 
because it gets hard. And if you stick with it, like everything else, they come to look forward to it as their quality time. And I think for me, that's been one of the biggest lessons. That's where coaching has helped the accountability of keep showing up and and being open for the new, like just sticking with it when it's hard. I think, you know, that you guys haven't been in the course as long as some of the others is, you know, it's for a year that people have access to it. A lot of people finish their journey before the year and that's fine. But I always teach inside the course and it goes along with what you just said. An object in motion stays in motion. I didn't even take physics in high school, everybody. I'm going to admit to that. Uh, But an object at rest is going to tend to stay at rest. And so this idea of getting some momentum going, and what I love about your story is it was like you got some momentum going when Brady was only eight years old with a family coach, and you've kept up that momentum because you've kept up the consistency with it. So you were sharing to me, I want to talk a little bit about this, about how you said like it's been hard because of the busyness and you have both Natalie and Brady are very active and and you're very busy and involved. So to get that in, you, it's been a little bit hit or miss, but you're feeling differently about that now as you have a sophomore. Yes. You know that? They, I mean, and thanks to really to the course for opening up the power of plant. It's, it's it is the part of being intentional planning ahead and having enough leeway to feel like you can have small conversations, but how important they are now. One of the things that it's helped us to talk about for at 10th grade is what the what the course has, uh, how it's affecting my son's day-to-day decision-making with his classes, what he's enjoying and how it's opening his eyes. And so because we're I'm seeing as with a 10th grader that smaller, more intentional conversations are more important now than ever because I'm losing the day-to-day control, right? I have to let him go. He's, I want, I want to empower him to be autonomous, empower him with the tools to make good decisions. And those happen in these very small conversations. They don't happen all at once. And they don't, unfortunately, for everybody that has teenage boys, the car ride, while it used to be fun, I mean, sometimes is silent because they're not ready to talk about it. So giving them the space and time to be ready and then having small conversations and then having sort of that long-term vision for where we actually want to get to in senior year kind of helps me back into where we are today. And what do we talk about in small chunks in these meetings with my 10th grader? Because, yeah, because he's, we've talked about this, but his journey in school has continues to evolve, especially as a result of the course. And so we need to keep having those conversations because they help it helps him make good decisions in North sort of at school every day. So what would be like what's an example? I'm super curious because you're you're sharing like we're doing work on college majors and careers, you know, know yourself, know careers, know your path. And how do you see that affecting everyday school? Like, like, is there an example of? Well, so my son is at a fairly challenging Catholic high school, and he's in was is in an honors magnet program called the Business Magnet. And in the Business Magnet, he's getting to have um, like all kinds of experiences, stock competitions, oh, cool. communications, things like that. So that's informing one part of his day-to-day. That's a four-year curriculum. Those are all of his electives. 
And then over here, he, because of his reading level, he was had been placed in very high level English and history classes and also in a math class. And he really struggled in math as a freshman um, as a result, maybe of COVID. And so he was having an um, he was having this mismatched experience. He was super passionate, successful in the business magnet and then really struggling in math and was saying, but that, but by the way, was getting, did got second in an all year stock competition in his, so knew that he was reasonably decent at analyzing the stock market and picking things. And, but why was he bad at math? And so we did your course and we took the Berkman and the Berkman said he had this unusual proclivity for numbers and persuasion. Well, he was like, oh my gosh, wait, I do actually see the world this way. Maybe I'm not bad at math. I'm just not placed right in the right place. So we battled through the freshman year. And then this year, he is looking critically at his classes every day, like in the quarter even. Am I in the right spot based on what I know I'm wired for and how I'm performing in those classes? Or should I be making changes in my curriculum mix instead of just staying on the track he was placed in in his high school placement tests? Or what his teachers tell him to do. So it's like he's engaged in the decision-making process now. So like he's coming to me saying, I think I need to go talk to my English teacher about maybe dropping down out of honors because- Wow, like mid-year. Mid-year. Like I and I want to talk to my college counselor mom about whether or not I'm better off taking other classes that are going to get me more ready for a business program because I thrive in those. Um, and And I'm so- For me, it's been so, because it's given him agency, which by the way, like one of my favorite things about coaches is they teach you to find your own agency. And that's what I'm seeing in him. It's giving him agency and autonomy to make his own decisions and taking me out of the mix, except for as a facilitator of conversation or question asking, because I'm the one saying, hey, bud, maybe yes, you were this great reader, but maybe we should be looking at a different class mix for you to give you so because he's having fun in some of these classes and maybe we need to lean into those more instead of just staying the track we think we're supposed to does that make sense it does make sense and i i think like one of the things i love about that is how many people i see in the work that i do that the world is telling us keep up with that you know make sure you take x y and z and these ap's and whatever to position yourself for what a college wants instead of what do you want? What are you aligned for? And I think too, and this is part of why I wanted to have you on was, I love that you're doing this with, I always say in my utopian society, it would be 10th graders that start doing the work, not only my course, but where families start to become really intentional. Like let freshmen be freshmen, get used to high school, do the all the things. But I love that you said, like, because it's 10th grade, you're A, realizing like, okay, now we really do have to do the weekly thing. We can't just like hodgepodge it along. You had shared that with me before. But they can also be small conversations because like I got an email from my mom this week and she said, so The date we're recording this is what? What is it? October 6th. We're going to drop it at the end of the month. And she said, you know, my daughter's overwhelmed with college applications because she has to check the box of like what major and write the why this major essay. 
And she said, how fast can we get through your course? And I thought, ah, it can be done in as little as six weeks. And what I find is most people like ease and flow in that. And so when you start doing not only like what I'm talking about with college majors and careers, but all of the college bound journey, where are we going to visit? What extracurriculars do we want to do? When are we going to take the ACT or the SAT? What about test prep? When you start in 10th grade, they can be small conversations because you're not in a hurry. Well, and I find that it changes. It just evolves. And so also having access to resources that you can check back in with as it evolves, like, is is important to me. So it's because I want my son, my son is really gifted in some non-probably traditional ways and not not as academically, he's not going to be a straight A student. So where can I empower him? to because I just want him to go have fun and not have fun want him to be successful in life and I want him to enjoy that and have a purpose and a passion and I think this helps us have those conversations right now instead of being focused on grades and outcomes I love that see this is why people needed to hear your story that's yeah it's so much more fun and it's and it's counterintuitive to what most of the world is telling parents and it's creating a great amount of stress. I spoke at a private high school at an event last night around this, like what are colleges looking for? And it wasn't about checking the boxes that they wanted. It's about developing the whole teen. And, and I, a number of moms came up to me afterwards and were like, you know, I thank you because I keep hearing this. I keep feeling pressure for this and it just doesn't sit right with me. You have to have courage. This is one thing I have learned is that if you have the courage to seek an alternative path, like to look for what's best for your kid, then you begin, it's the same experience if you begin to get feedback and and information that helps you course correct or move in the direction, but you have to have the courage to step off the treadmill and you have to have the courage to look at it differently and say, I'm okay if my kid um, it's very easy to like put your kid like I have another child, my daughter, who's going to be a probably a 4.5 GPA kid that does all the things right. It's it's a little more easy. It's a little easier to stay on that treadmill or think that that looks right. But I want to stay over. It's it's so much more fun to have courage. And it just it takes courage with your kid. Like it all takes courage. I say to kids all the time, I'm like, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes I ask people under the podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no business asking that New York Times bestselling author. And a lot of them say no, and some of them say yes, but we, we show up and we do the hard things. I have a question about Natalie, your younger one. So yeah. Brady's in 10th grade, Natalie's in what grade? Eighth. Eighth. Okay. So yeah. is she being included in all of these family meetings and and is she resistant or ready or how does that look? Natalie is a unique, she's a very unique kid. She's extremely driven and she knows exactly what she wants to do. So she wants to be a doctor. Brady's High School also has a medical magnet. She has known since she was very little that that was where she wanted to do. And so this medical magnet gives her a path there. And in this process of watching Brady be ready, and navigate the early years of high school, she has doubled down on being ready and is nervous she won't be admitted to the medical magnet. So she self, she thankfully, because your course, and 
and knowing you has opened up these ideas of all, even other things she can do to be ready. She has self, she's sort of found external like classes that she can do online that will support her application for the medical magnet. And she is going after those herself because wow. she has time in her schedule. So Natalie is the very polar opposite. And I think she has benefited from the college bound conversation. She has benefited from watching the journey. And she's, yes, I mean, she's an extremely perceptive kid too. So she absorbs a lot of our conversations. So um, she's very much a part of it. And she has some of the best insight. So that, so she sounds very mature for her age. And, and I know from other things that you've shared that she is. And I'm sitting here cracking up. I'm like, God has the best sense of humor because uh, had he given you Natalie as kid one and Brady as kid two, Natalie, it sounds like, would allow you to be a lot more laid back. She sounds like somebody will figure a lot of the stuff out for herself. And I find it's true of most families that they've got kids that are wildly different. Our five kids are wildly different from one another. Um, so... I just am chuckling at the, oh, it's really good for your parenting and everything that you got Brady first. God blessed me beyond belief with Brady. And I tell him that all the time. I mean, I have been allowed, and because my husband is so incredibly supportive, I have been allowed the space to become the best version of me because of him. And Rightfully, because he's such a good communicator that he's he and I've been able to have such good conversations. And because of the coaching, I'm able to listen. And so it's um, it's it's a beautiful thing. And it's benefited everybody. Like I couldn't. That I is could what not, I needed to hear. I that I couldn't have been harmless. Yeah. As you've shared what you're doing with your family and all the things. Keely Ng, thank you for sharing your family so story. Thank you for honoring me it's it's a great uh it's a great it's just it's not perfect i want every parent to know that it may it's it's a journey every day and it's new and different every day so i love it thanks keely yep thank you lisa i am so glad keely shared her story Her journey isn't flawless, but the way she supports her teens while also empowering them to chart their own paths is truly something to aspire to. Whether you're in my Launch Career Clarity course with me and my community of families and schools or not, my hope is that you will be inspired to set aside the time for intentional parenting and weekly college-bound conversations with your teen. Think of creative ways to make it fun. Sure, There might be a little initial pushback. I've seen it countless times with my clients, but soon enough, it'll become a cherished routine, a source of joy, and a fantastic way to ease present and future stress. So put a stake in the ground and declare your family time this week, then cross the starting line. And if you're thinking of having me to support you on your college-bound journey, check out flourishcoachingco.com forward slash video for a complimentary on-demand video that will likely re-engineer your college-bound strategy. Love today's episode? Know someone who'd benefit from this? Please share. Supporting us by following, rating, and leaving a review goes a long way in helping us reach and uplift more families. A big thank you for tuning into the College and Career Clarity Podcast. Here's to transforming confusion into clarity and gearing up for a bright future for our teens. Mm-hmm.